Welcome to Connect and Move Radio. I am your host, Andy Fortuna. And today, like always, I usually say this all the time, but we have another great podcast, another great episode for you guys. Um, And I appreciate you guys uh, listening. So before I start, if you are a practitioner, uh, LMT, massage therapist, athletic trainer, acupuncturist, physical therapist, and you're looking to help people both in being healthier and improving their performance, then I highly, highly recommend you look into the three-day course plus the uh, three-month mentorship that I have uh, created. Um, If you actually enjoy working with your hands to provide manual therapy and love helping people improve their movement, this course is for you. Uh, We go into detail about practical manual therapy skills, movement programming, um, solutions, and energy and meditational work. Um, You can find more info on my IG page, Instagram page, or uh, at the description at the bottom of this podcast. You can also reach me at Andy, A-N-D-Y, at MyRNEW, M-Y-O-R-E-N-E-W.com. If you're interested in taking taking this class and taking this course and the mentorship, um, I highly recommend right now that you send an email to me, again, at Andy at MyRNEW.com, because this course is only open to six students. Um, and we currently have a wait list of 12. So if you're really, really interested, I really hi- highly recommend you pausing this podcast, looking down on your phone, or pivoting to your computer and sending me an email and let me, letting me know that you are interested so I can add you to our prospective student list um, so we can get that um, going. All right, looking forward to hearing from you guys. On that note, I have two very wonderful extremely helpful gentleman by the name of Jason Moore or Jace Moore and Sean Harkin. So Jason Moore is a certified athletic trainer and has worked in the field of rehabilitation and sports performance for over eight years. He receives, uh, sorry, he received his master's degree in athletic training from Pacific University and his bachelor's degree in exercise science from Northern Arizona University. Jason is the co-owner, co-owner of Roots Sports Medicine, a cash-based athletic training clinic in Phoenix, Arizona, and the Athletic Training Solution, an online business designed to help fellow ATCs enter the cash-based entrepreneurial realm. And Sean Marker, wow, Sean Marker, Sean Harkin is a certified athletic trainer and co-owner of Roots Sports Medicine and the Athletic Training Solution. Sean received his master's degree in athletic training from Pacific University and his bachelor's degree in exercise science from Portland State University. As always, I apologize if I have butchered that in any way. Um, Jason and Sean, welcome to the show. Oh, brother, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Andy. Really, uh, seriously, thank you for having us on. This yes, is, man. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. It's gonna be a good time. No problem. Um, like I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, especially the one with Shante over at the uh, Moving Maestro. And, uh, and some of you that have emailed me asking questions of how I got this uh, or my business set up, Jason and uh, Sean have been a big and crucial part of that through the AT Solution um, program and playbook that they have. Um, and we'll talk about that. But Jason and Sean, thank you for being on here. Um, I guess, like I mentioned before, my first thing is let's talk a little bit more your backgrounds and how you guys came to be not only ATC Solution, but also Roots. Ooh, um, Jason here. I'll go first. Uh, I'll try not to bore you guys with a lot of details here. Um, so I, I graduated from undergrad after undergrad. I did not take undergrad athletic training, which I know is a different route than a lot of athletic trainers take, um, exercise science in undergrad. After that worked for a couple teams, um, some professional teams in the strength and conditioning realm. Love the strength and conditioning realm, but I always just knew that I wanted more. Um, I worked in a PT clinic soon after. When I was in a PT clinic, I did a lot of their sports performance and then some rehab things on the side, um, just the exercise, the typical tech. Um, Actually grew to hate it. (laughs) I thought for a long point in time that I wanted to be a physical therapist, but I just hated the clinic vibe. Um, It was very strange for me, just coming from a team setting to be in that clinic vibe. So uh, the director at that clinic told me that uh, I should think about an athletic training career. So I looked into athletic training, went to Pacific for grad school, 
um, two years at Pacific, met Sean. We were we went to grad school together. Loved everything that I learned in grad school. It was priceless knowledge. It was great. After that, came out and just felt a little lull. Um, I knew from my experience in athletic training that that wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. Uh, I had this great skill set, all this knowledge, and I just felt limited on a lot of things that we were doing, uh, whether it be for the sports teams that I worked for or collegiate setting or the high school setting. I just knew that there was something else out there for me that I wanted to combine my strength and conditioning side with my athletic training side. And I knew that there was something that could be done about it. I just didn't know at the time. So I moved back to Phoenix from Portland, Oregon, which is where Pacific is. Um, I went back to working at a PT clinic. I, I dealt with more of the athletic uh, population, excuse me. And it was, it was good for about a year. And then, um, I kind of grew out of it. I wanted some autonomy, um, and kind of got in contact with a CrossFit gym here in Phoenix. And, uh, they were looking for the services that I wanted to provide. So I stepped in as a cash-based athletic trainer and I grew that and talked about that. And that's where we developed both the athletic training and roots sports medicine, which uh, we will talk about in detail, I'm assuming, on this podcast. Absolutely. Wow, that's that's a quite a, a journey there, Jason. <laughs> uh, it's It's been a long one, but you know, yeah. uh, it led to this and I couldn't, I would not change a single thing uh, about what I did. It's It's been amazing. That's funny you say long, because I say long, but I say just enough time, most of the time, when I'm talking about, especially a journey like yours, Jason, and, and we'll talk about Sean's now. Um, so strength coach for eight years, PT tech, didn't really like the vibe there, wanted to go back, uh, to school. You went to AT master's degree and then worked at a PT clinic. And then you're like, all right, I'm gonna do this on my own. And then kind of pivoted. And that's where you and Sean kind of, you guys met in school or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were, uh, we both went to grad school together. So, okay. uh, we were classmates in grad school. And when we were in grad school, we had talked about this a lot and, um, <clears throat> I had the opportunity when I was in grad school, I was working at a sports performance place and not that I was treating people, but I just saw the gap um, even more so than I had before because I had the knowledge, I was about to graduate and I was like, wow, this, there's a huge gap that I could be filling. Mm-hmm. But at the time it didn't pay money and I didn't have the idea that I now have. <laughs> right, right. Okay. All right, Sean, you're up. Okay, uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record because my story is not unlike Jace's. Yeah, so uh, I went to undergrad at Portland State University. Same thing, exercise science. Um, It's just a a realm that I sort of fell into, uh, strength and conditioning, all those things. Um, From there, I kind of knew I wanted something more. Um, I was pre-physical therapy. Uh, I was ready to kind of take that jump, and I knew I wanted to, you know, work with an athletic population. Um, when I was in high school and in college, I did I had a decent relationship with uh, the athletic trainers there, and I thought, okay, this is exactly what I wanted to do. So, uh, really stumbled onto the program at Pacific, um, and uh, just like Jay said, it's priceless. Like the information that was. Uh, given there and all the things I was um, experienced there was great. So master's in athletic training. Uh, while I was in grad school, uh, I did a lot of PT tech work as well. Uh, kind of got that experience of, you know, that cookie cutter, you know, physical therapy clinic and sort of really learned a lot about rehab. And I really appreciate, uh, appreciated that aspect of it. Uh, when I graduated, I worked in a couple different settings at first, uh, the high school, uh, in the industrial setting, things like that. Uh, found myself a really, really, uh, actually awesome job with lots of autonomy when I worked for a chiropractor in Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I was basically in charge of all the sports rehab. Um, I was able to kind of do the things I wanted to do, um, experiment with things. You know, I could go to a continuation education course, come back, try new things right away. Uh, and I really loved that experience. Um, the problem was, was it was another clinic. So it wasn't about patients. It was about numbers. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took all that information 
And after working there for uh, about two years, I figured out the whole thing. I was like, okay, I know how to get patients in. I know how to uh, take them from, you know, point A to point Z, you know, and I know how to uh, not only check them in, check them out. I know how to do all these things. Um, I knew how to, you know, market the chiropractic clinic. I knew how to kind of make connections with people in the community, all these things I was doing. And I was doing them for the chiropractor and I was doing them not for the patients. I was doing them for the clinic. So at this point, I took all the information and I said, hey, you know what? I can do this on my own. Uh, by at by this point, I had probably just started CrossFit and I was kind of getting deep into the community and I was doing all the CrossFit things that you normally do. And actually, the owner of the CrossFit gym approached me about um, maybe uh, subleasing some space. Uh, actually, at the time, it was for himself. He wanted someone to work on him and on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, it kind of grew. And it grew and it grew. And I kind of took some of the things I was learning at the chiropractic clinic. Uh, as And this was my side hustle at the time. And took that, grew it, fine-tuned it, figured out, you know, what I did wrong, what I did right, and, you know, tried to sort of uh, create a process that, you know, other people could use. Uh, And that's kind of where the conversation started with the ATC solution. Uh, Hey, listen, Chase, you know, you and I, like, we understand, like, what it takes to start a business, what it takes to keep the business going, what it takes to uh, market yourself to other people. Uh, market yourself to physicians. I mean, all the things, you know, why don't we see if we can't help other athletic trainers? Um, and uh, from there, it kind of turned into what it is now. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. Like I said, I, I probably won't thank you guys enough um, for going through that and making the bold, very bold decision. And I say bold because like Instagram, there are many trolls in life, many trolls when you're trying to push against the current, when you're trying to push uh, a profession, an industry forward where the majority do not see what you might see in a vision. So um, it's, it's, um, it's been it's been interesting. Um, we've definitely had our fair share of people pushing back against us. Uh, more pushback <clears throat> than you would imagine. Mm-hmm. And we keep trying to just preach this it's all about collaboration like we're not trying to step on toes we're not trying to we're not trying to make feuds but people like to pick those out and they like to fight against what's not the normal and what we've learned from that which our journey through the athletic training solution and root sports medicine the best thing that we've taken away from it is just how to manage those feuds and just learn we've we've been learning more about collaboration and how to work with everybody and that although it although it's frustrating at times it's it's been amazing just growing with this that's awesome and i'm i'm glad i've been able to see uh like sort of behind the scenes of everything kind of org- being orchestrated and then personally being helped by you guys because um they don't teach you this in school, right? They don't actually, when I was going to school and I told them of what I wanted to do, they're like, uh, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean I can't do that? It's exactly what every high school athletic trainer is doing, except nobody has it on paper. And if they do, they're not really talking about it. So why can I do that in a gym that I was already working as a massage therapist? And again, I saw it, but even no matter how much you believe in something, when you have people around you saying that you can't or it's not uh, possible, you know, then it be, then you start to doubt yourself almost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, for us, especially like the early stages, I was bouncing off, bouncing ideas off of Sean left and right when I first started. Just, is this something that I can do? How do I do it? Why do why is this beneficial? Um, which we always knew this is just what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, there's a lot of pushback and there's a lot of doubt. And with anything, when you go and you become an entrepreneur, there's always that cliff that you approach. You have this great idea. You walk up to the edge of the cliff and most people look at it and they're like, no, I'm good. You know, I don't, I don't want to do this. And some people are crazy enough to jump and hope that they have a parachute. Um, and I walked up to the cliff, I jumped 
And a lot of it was myself learning what my parachute was and figuring it out, out as I went. But I've leaned on a lot of people through a lot of conversations and it has led to so much growth that it's just, it's a priceless journey that I, I would never take back. And it's been great having Sean now that he's moved to Phoenix. Um, we're working together just so much business collaboration. Has, yeah, so, yeah. well, uh, we've just been growing and producing such a better product now that we're together and not oh, absolutely yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. No, and and I, I want to definitely, I a hundred percent agree with Jace. Like you, you walk up to this cliff and you're like, I really don't know what is down there. Like what's happening. You know, like I just have to trust that I'm going to jump into this. Like what? And what the ATC solution, like we were there, like we stood at the edge of the cliff. We looked down we're like, I have no idea what's down there, but we sort of, we figured it out. So like what we're trying to do for athletic trainers is honestly like, let them know, Hey, here's what you can expect. If you jump off this cliff, um, here's your parachute, you know, like we're trying to give people the, the things so they kind of know what to expect when they walk up to this cliff. Cause it's not a, it's not an easy thing to, and I know the name is into. the ATC solution, but in no way are we trying to say that we are the solution and you should do it this way. Um, everyone has their own obstacles. You, when you were doing your licensing and getting everything done in mm -hmm. Florida, which what I've tried to help you with um, and what we've tried to help you with, excuse me. And just everybody goes through a different obstacle. And the best part about the athletic training solution for us is we get to help people work through other obstacles that we didn't experience but when we come across them, because at one point in time, we probably will come across a similar obstacle, we've grown ourselves, which is awesome. Um, it's just, it's it's so, so gratifying. Absolutely. I, I don't know how to yeah. explain it other than that. Um, it, it's been amazing. That's awesome. And uh, just for those that are listening and may not know what an ATC is, um, obviously, I know what an ATC is. Um I guess one of you give us the the uh, brief of what an ATC is. Oh man, <laughs> it's, not, it's not very brief. It, it can't be brief. <laughs> Sean just pointed to me, so I have to talk. Um, uh, an ATC. So the traditional athletic trainer is the person that you'll see when someone gets injured on a football field or a soccer pitch. They run out. They evaluate the injury. They make an emergency decision. So that is the first responder aspect of an athletic trainer. Um, that person then comes off the field if we don't need to refer to the paramedics or we don't need to send that anyway. That person then comes off of the pitch or comes off of the field, comes off the court, whatever sport it is. Um, the athletic trainer then takes over their care. What that looks like is the evaluation differential diagnosis and treatment of acute injuries that could lead to chronic care. Don't get me wrong, but generally speaking, orthopedic injuries, we deal with a lot of cuts, wounds, anything that can happen when you're playing sports. We have a competency in our educational standards that has yeah. us be able to one, identify two, treat and three, learn to whether we can manage this injury or refer. Um, and I think that is a pretty good summary of an athletic trainer, that, maybe. That's, no, that's pretty good. Again. And I get – so when I do workshops, I always open with, um, you know, I explain to them what my own is, whatever, uh, and what the purpose of the workshop is. And I ask, does anybody know what an athletic trainer is? If it's 10 people, if it's 20 people, maybe one, two, maybe three. If I'm lucky, five people, raise your hand. Uh, so I go – I basically go through that same similar pitch. Like if you – have you ever seen a sports event, somebody that runs out and takes care of the person? Or anybody know what a physical therapist is? Yes. So similar to like a sports physical therapist. And they're like, oh, but I have hope and I have faith that soon enough you say, you, I will ask that question. And everybody's going to raise their hand and be like, yeah, I know what an ATC is. So I think, I think we're getting closer. Uh, well, that's, that's one of the goals. Uh, again, <laughs> like the ATC solution. We want the public... So we, the private sphere sort of already knows, but we want the public sphere to know too, like what's an athletic trainer, you know, like, 
if something's going on, do I, who do I see? Do I see an athletic trainer? Like, do I see my physician? All that. And that's definitely part of what the ATC solution is all about. Perfect. So uh, you guys mentioned why you guys went to athletic training. Um, I guess, I, I mean, I've meant, I think this was one of my first questions. Um, I think it was to you, Jason, of how to, to differentiate what an ATC is and what a PT is. Uh, and I'm sure some of the listeners now listening, they're probably like, okay, so you deal with injuries in sports. What's the difference between an athletic trainer and a physical therapist? Whew. That is a uh, that is a rough question. Uh, <laughs> no, there's there's it's actually not ruffle any feathers here. There's there's a lot that is a differentiation. So number one, uh, first and foremost, athletic trainers we have that first responder requirement. Um, so we are the first contact on a lot of injuries when it comes to sports management. Um, with athletic trainers, we focus a lot on our grad school in orthopedic or musculoskeletal identification of injury, rehabilitation of injury, and then the return, return to sport of injury. Um, in our grad school, we were in the gym. We were learning how to lift. We were learning how to return athletes from a structured standpoint, which we use the CSCS, um, which is an NASM product. That's, mm -hmm. That was just part of our schooling. Um, which I know the physical therapy realm, they're pushing that way. So at one point in time, maybe it becomes more gray than it already is. But, um, for now we, we, especially with roots and how we identify with roots is we are the acute, uh, that crossfitter or that sports athlete that has some shoulder pain, has some knee pain, hip pain, whatever it may be. We are an evaluation, a treatment, and we try to get them back within a few weeks. We're not trying to enter the medical system. Um, we're, we're not trying to make a long-term plan. We're a short-term plan and then a return to play. Um, that return to play could be return to CrossFit, return to weightlifting, return to XYZ, whatever sport that is. Um, athletic trainers, our educational competencies are very, 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 very well set up for the identification an immediate return to action as quick as possible. <laughs> I guess that was a poor way to say that, but that, that is what an athletic trainer is designed for. Um, that's what we do. And it's very valuable for a lot of people. Awesome. I think you did a very good job. Jason. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> apart from also schooling, like they have three years. I mean, I know there's a doctor now, DAT, as far as uh, for athletic training, they do have, and I'm talking about uh, physical therapy, and they have uh, one more year where they go more into neuro and cardio. It's a little bit more, uh, they go a little bit more deeper into the cardiorespiratory, into the neuro. But as far as like musculoskeletal injuries, uh, both ATC and PT are working with muscul uh, musculoskeletal injuries. But again, from my experience, obviously as a master's in athletic training, um, but also working with other PTs, ATCs do have the, are, are more equipped, especially coming out of school of the return to play, especially in the sports realm. Um, but that's not to mention, you know, there's plenty of PTs, like you mentioned, Jason, with uh, strength and conditioning backgrounds and uh, sports this, or maybe even have an athletic background. So like you mentioned, that area is getting gray. But I think a big, uh, big differentiator between ATC and MPT is the emergency medicine, or at least the understanding between emergency medicine. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that will, I think that will kind of hopefully, uh, make the gray area not too much gray but in reality i mean just like again i was before i was an atc i was a massage therapist and really my practice in a sense didn't really change much other than i, I know how to rehab uh, i know injury stages and healing and all that stuff but as far as like as a practice it didn't really change much per se but uh, the educational background and the understanding of a patient journey from injury to return to sport you can't, um, that's, that goes without saying. Yeah. And, um, I think with any, any educational competencies, um, everybody's defined by the continuing education that you take afterwards. And right. there's a lot of athletic trainers that love the first responder realm. And I mm -hmm. will be the first to tell you that I do not like that, Ralph. Same, um, same, and, same. And so what, what you take after, that's the same with physical therapy. That's that's any profession that you get into. Um, my wife, for instance, is a pediatric physical therapist. Everything wow. that she does 
take steps to become a pediatric physical therapist. If I was to ask her like, Hey, my shoulder's hurting, uh, she would probably refer me. And that has no hit against the profession. That's any profession Mm -hmm. that you go into, you take steps into what draws you in. And for us, that was the orthopedic realm. So continuing education platforms and wherever you go after your education, I feel like the master's degree in athletic training or your doctorate in physical therapy or chiropractic, that gives you the baseline to say like, go, what you want to do. And it's up to you to make that decision afterwards and take the classes that you relate to. And I know like our Instagram bubble, everyone's kind of in the same realm in your Instagram bubble, but there's other bubbles out there that we just don't know about that are completely opposite of what we do. Like, Hey, we want to be the first responder. We don't want to be the rehab. Um, And that's what we've come to learn through all of this is there's people that we talk to that are just like, yeah, that's a really cool job that you guys have and like, well done, but I would never want to step foot in that situation. Mm -hmm. And it it took us a little bit to be like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And we we're definitely not trying to tell those people that, you know, Hey, come, come over to our bubble. Like we understand that, you know, uh, athletic training is awesome. And it, uh, in that sort of that spot of emergency care and things like that, like it is so vital. It's so important. Uh, and some people do like it. I think, uh, Jason and I, when we were in school, I think we, we figured out pretty quickly. This is not, you know, we enjoyed it, but I, you know, really enjoyed, you know, the later steps in rehab and orthopedics and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, no, that's definitely like where we found ourselves. When I was practicing as an ATC uh, in emergency care, I saw four separate instances of Ted Fibs. I was like, nope, this is not not me. I think think we've all had our Tib Fib, and then we're like, let's get out of here. (laughs) All right, and and I'm done. (laughs) That's that's hilarious. I mean, first off, uh, I'm crossing my fingers here so I don't forget. Um, First off is for sure. I I tell this to people all the time because a lot of people are are – hey, I didn't get into this school. You know, this is the only school that kind of accepted me. I was like, a lot of times when people are graduating out of whatever profession, it's really the baseline. You are basically getting, you're passing a boards to make sure that you do not kill anybody. And you, by at least by a board of certification, you understand at least somewhat of how to treat a human being. But if you really want to be a good practitioner, there has to be continued education. There has to be some type of mentorship. There has to be something that you go and learn more about afterwards where there is a specialization like we have gone into the ortho and sports performance or like you mentioned is the emergency medicine side of it or what pediatrics whatever it is um you can't just stop there because what you're learning in university as as good as and as good as they can prepare you is a very basic level and i cannot agree with that more now the emergency medicine I knew going in, first of all, it took me a whole year to figure out if I want to do ATC because I was like, I do not like blood. I don't. And um, I know in ATC, I'm going to see a lot of blood. Um, And I quickly got over that. I was like, okay, this is the route I'm going to go. And funny enough, one of my rotations was uh, in an operation. So in FIU, you get the the opportunity to to see a surgery, quite a few. And the first surgery I see is a hematoma in the chest and the doctor slits open, squeezes, and it's just a big volcano of just blood. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm still standing. I have feeling in all my legs. I didn't pass out. This is going to be good. I'm fine. Yeah. So after that, I was like, awesome. But I knew, I knew going into uh, my master's program, I was not going to go the conventional route. Just because, uh, thankfully, I already had the massage. Th- I already had my new going as a massage therapist, so I already saw the silver lining of that. But yeah, emergency medicine. Uh, no, again, no offense to those that like emergency medicine, but hats. My hats off to you. Uh uh-uh. uh Just not me. Just not. Me. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, that is good. All right. My next thing is um, why cash based. Well, I know why, but let's explain to the listeners. Why cash base versus insurance? Um, well, I think this is this comes for both of us. Um, one, 
will be the first to say it. The insurance market for ATCs just isn't there. Um, that comes from the top down. We can, in certain instances, bill, and we do have codes. We have everything, but it's just not there. And I would not want to be in that market, which I'll get into now. Um, mm-hmm. We base our clinic at Roots just on making connections. So I learned from the moment I stepped into a physical therapy clinic. Um, This is before I went to grad school. The clinical director, he was, he was the one that was, he would just have that connection with everybody. You walk in the door and you automatically gravitate towards him. And he was just that human that everyone went to and they had the connection with that brought them back. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, I, I want that. Um, and it wasn't from him. It was just he, he wasn't treating many people at the time. So he had, he had the ability to make that connection. As I worked further into the physical therapy realm um, as a technician and then athletic trainer afterwards, like you just don't have the time to do that. Um, so for me, I, again, stumbled across, uh, across the cash-based realm, and it was, it's different in the fact that, yes, you can schedule an hour appointment, but it can be a two-hour appointment where you talk for the first 45 minutes, you talk to them about pain, you talk to them about their life experiences, you take their entire life and everything that's happening around them, and you build that into your treatment, and you've, you've learned and you've made a connection with the person. Because everybody that comes into our clinic, they become friends at the end of the day. Um, we, we love and we just, we just really love the patients that come in. Uh, we make connections. We grow with them. They're hitting these milestones, whether it be in pain or in the weight room or anything, and we're just there growing with them. And that was never the case when it came to the insurance world. And it's just that ability to say like, yes, we have an hour, maybe we have two. And end of the day, I'm just going to make a connection with you and we're going to get through this together. I'm going to give you some steps. This is ABC that we should go through. However, you're going to tell me in the order that we go through, like maybe we need to hit C before A and then we go to B. It, it's all up to you. I'm just here to kind of guide you and walk you through your treatment. Perfect. Um, I mean, I know, Sean, I think you posted, I don't know how long ago that was, but it was a picture of you working with uh, a patient on IG, and and I believe it said, like, basically something about dream job and how you love being in the, and providing the patient experience that you have uh, set up at Roots. Can you go a little bit into that? Yeah, so, I um, mean, I'll talk about what, what brought me to the cash-based um, side of things. I mean, uh, I did it, you know, I think I touched a little bit on this uh, in the introduction, but you know, I feel like uh, when we're in the spot we're in now, I can actually care about the patient's resolution, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm if I'm in insurance, I have uh, X amount of visits, I have X amount of time, um, and I didn't like. I saw that and I was like, I just don't believe that this makes sense. Like we're here to treat the people. We're not here to treat according to time, according to visits, according to, you know, all these things. Right. And these are all points that I'm touching on that we all know of mm-hmm. already when you go into insurance. Um, and, you know, when I was working at the chiropractic clinic, I was constantly getting in trouble because I was spending more time with patients than I was supposed to. So I had 15 minute blocks, four patients a hour uh, to, and I had 15 minutes with them. And, you know, I was going overtime and I was like, you know, it was just one of those things that like, I, there's not enough time for me to actually understand what's going on with this person. Like you can't give me 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, I need more time. And, you know, that's what sort of drove me to that. And I really enjoy it. Like, I mean, I will sit down and I will, I will talk, I will nerd out with people about what's going on with their bodies for hours and hours and hours. And I, again, uh, when you brought up like that post, I really do love it. I love discussing with people what's going on, um, get them to sort of learn a little bit more about themselves. Because um, I think if we can teach them, you know, what's going on with them, then you know, that's what ultimately leads to that resolution. 
you know it's not, in 15 minutes i can only tell them what's wrong you know i don't have enough time to tell them what's right and you know that's really what kind of got me wanting to expand what i was doing as a business and uh i've i you know, i enjoy every second of it so far but yeah yeah i mean I saw, obviously, uh, my first attempt was to do to go through PT, and I had to do the shadowing. And then, obviously, as, as on my undergrad, I did uh, student-athlete trainer, so I saw the amount of time we got to spend with all these athletes, and sometimes not too much long, or not too long, because depending on how many athletes we were working with. But I saw both realms, and the, the pros and cons of both. And then, as a massage therapist, I saw, first of all, you have no time limit. You work with an hour, or two hours, or whatever you want to work with this person. Um, so I saw the freedom in massage therapy. I saw the freedom and the, the potential in ATC. And then I saw the power in PT, but the restrictions, right? So I got all that. And basically the experience, which what we're talking about is, and there's nothing, right? There's nothing like waking up, right? You wake, it can be, I, t- I tell people all the time, it can be three in the morning. Like you tell, we said, obviously I'm exaggerating, but three in the morning, <laughs> setting up clinic, switching the lights on, um, turning on the uh, little diffuser I have of essential oils, um, waking up Alexa, telling her to play uh, the station, like just doing that already, I'm getting like little goosebumps. It's just like, I don't see myself doing anything else. And then having the patient walk in and like you guys mentioned, talking for 20, 25, 30 minutes about what's going on and how we can really help. And then going into town about how uh, we're really going to address this issue and most importantly, how we educate them. Like education is probably the biggest thing that we can ever do for a patient. And I think this cash-based, uh, model, I haven't really worked. I've experienced the insurance, haven't worked in it, but this cash-based model really gives us the opportunity for that and really use, first of all, Sean, I have no idea how you just fit 15 minutes. Um, that's like, hello, hi, and bye here in Miami. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the patient experience that we're able to provide or have the opportunity to provide, um, is really awesome. And, and again, I say, I say thank you to you guys for allowing and giving or, or giving the opportunity for other ATCs to, you know, build their foundation to be able to do that. Because I honestly, I, this is where I see a lot of ATCs going, um, because of what we're able to do. But it's also very satisfying, you know. What I mean, to be able to be honest. Well, first of all, on a podcast, but finish by two, right, and get ready for this podcast. But <laughs> but to be able to work with four or six patients on a Saturday morning and afternoon, and and know that they are getting the best possible uh, solution from you, and you spent an hour, maybe an hour, fifteen minutes with them, and they left here with the not only with the confidence, but with the satisfaction of that they're actually getting taken care of. And it's not necessarily time where they're getting kicked out. Actually, a lot of times I'm going over, <laughs> I'm going over the time where, Absolutely. you know, I'm kind of like maybe texting patients, Hey, I'm running a little late or whatever, but they understand. They're like, no worries, Andy. I know, I know exactly what's going on. Like you're giving them uh, just like you give me the opportunity. And, and yeah, I think the cash base model gives us that opportunity. Yeah, there's uh, there's no better feeling in the world. There's no better situation in the world to be able to provide that type of service. Um, we see it with every practice, every physical therapy, chiropractor, whoever is going this realm, um, LMT with personal training certification. Um, we see we see this model being presented over and over and over and over again, and that's because one, it works, and then two, you have the autonomy to treat how you want to mm-hmm. treat. Uh, whether that be from your schooling, your continuing education, um, how you approach patients. One, you have that time to bond, take them to that place of comfort and then work through that. Um, and it's, there's nothing like that in this, in the medical world. And that's why we have this big push to it because one, it's successful. Um, and then two, that's where people see themselves when they close their eyes and they vision themselves in the field. I feel like that is what everyone sees when they're in undergrad thinking about what they want to do. This is the picture that they have in their head is that's the situation I want to mm-hmm. be in. Um, so it's just about making that happen. And it's hard to, it's hard to make that happen. Being an entrepreneur is hard. 
you work a lot and it never stops. There's always something. If you sit down and you think you're going to have a night off, you don't have a night off. There's always something on the <laughs> list for sure. I, uh, you find the time, you, you find a way and you just make it happen. I mean, that goes right into the next thing I want to talk about. How important is business when providing or trying to provide this patient experience, right? I mean, cash is king, right? I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Profit First. Uh, I forgot the guy who wrote it, but I'm actually listening to the podcast now. But he talks about that for us to be able to provide this patient experience that you guys, the listeners that you guys are listening to and that we're talking about, to be able to provide that, to be able to even have the opportunity to that, you have to have a business first. And obviously, we, I know for sure, I would never learn anything business in school. Um, I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys had some prior um, experience. Well, I know Sean did and coming out, but coming out the gate. But I know for sure I had no idea. Even then, now, I was kind of like stumbling upon certain things, right? Thankfully, with the help of you guys and uh, Danny Mate over at uh, PT Biz, helping me with the business side of things. But how important is business? structure and business uh basically anything anything dealing with the business of having a clinic to be able to provide this patient experience that we're talking about um i will start by saying structure is everything uh you cannot overlook the fact that having structure especially when you start to bring other clinicians into the picture um we learned that the hard way with me and sean we did things completely different when we brought them together there was a big learning curve and we've found everything out on the way and we've just learned how to deal with it. Um, not obviously not the greatest way. Um, but from a business standpoint, if you have that structure, the biggest thing we had a post about this on the athletic training solution. Uh, the biggest thing is you can't focus on your numbers. You just have to focus on what you do best. Um, we strive every day, every person that walks in the door, we want to create an experience that they, they're like, wow, I can't believe what just happened in there. Not, it, not that they're receiving the best treatment. Like maybe they are. Maybe this is the best moment in their life, but we need to understand that they're, they're at a low moment in their life coming into the clinic or they would never come in because there was this lull, this down that brought them to our doorstep. So we try to create an experience that, they come in, they see what we do, they see our value, they see like, wow, he knows what he's talking about. And not only that, we uplift them. So they walk out and they're like, wow, I mm-hmm. can do this. Like, this is, this is fine. And as long as we continually create that experience over and over and over again, where they're like, I can't wait to get back to root sports medicine. They're awesome. They're upbeat. They're friendly. They're whatever, it, whatever your clinic is, whatever value you provide, maybe that's very like monotone, you're sitting in a corner, but you have a great connection and you just talk to someone for a very long time. Or that's the upbeat, happy person, but then you provide education elsewhere and you figure out how to make your way through things. It doesn't matter how you treat someone. It's that when they come in, they are always wanting more. Like, holy crap. Like one, I didn't know what an athletic trainer was. Then I met him. Then I went through this experience and now like, I feel better about what's happening with my back, my knee, my elbow. Because nothing, if they came in and were like, oh, crap, like, oof, that back injury, that sucks. Probably shouldn't deadlift Mm -hmm. for a while. Um, Or you find ways for them to deadlift. You modify the movement, you modify the position, you modify everything. You talk to them about like, hey, you're resilient as a human being. Like, you're not actually injured. You're just having a minor setback. Uh, You have some muscle soreness, like, this happens in life. You know what people do? They get over it. And this is how we're going to do it. I'm here for you. We're going to take these steps. You text me tomorrow morning, right? When you wake up, tell me how your back feels. And you know what? We'll adjust it even though you're not coming in tomorrow because I want you to be better and I want you to feel good about the experience you had it here. Yeah, I think that it's, I mean, that attention to detail and like you mentioned, structure is everything. Like having the business set up, having everything kind of having your systems right in place, uh, how you want things to kind of run. Uh, but then having those little touch points are super, super important, uh, whether first as initial eval and then afterwards, like catching up and um, communicating with them after the fact. I think, I mean, that's what separates um, 
clinic like ours, right, um, from others. And then, I mean, again, with, without the, the business side, without the structure behind it, without um, you wouldn't really have the opportunity to uh, even have those touch points, right? Sometimes even an email goes a long way, right? Even an email before an initial assessment or, you know, having all these intake forms set up, you know, having the set up of the business allows you to be able to provide those touch points and that, and that experience that we're talking about. It's hard because when people first walk in the door, um, they're, they're overwhelmed a lot of the time too. Um, so the, the more things that you can automate before they walk in, the better. Because if they walk in and they have paperwork, then the evaluation, then you trying to explain what's going on mixed to what you're doing, they, they just sit back and they're like, mm-hmm. holy crap. That was a that was an intense. No, session. I think um, I I definitely want to touch base on what you were just saying, Andy. Like it's really important from the business standpoint. Uh, everything patient intake, patient outtake. Like you want it all to be the same for each patient. You want to make sure that you know when uh, when you're starting a business. I'm going to speak mm-hmm. from the business side of things um, because what you want, if you want to grow and you want to expand, like you need to make sure too uh, that you're providing this experience that people are coming back to but also that you can reproduce that and you want to be able to reproduce it at a volume that, you know, can continue to expand, expand, expand. Uh, and I think that's something that uh, we learned like as small businesses, like the two of us uh, separate was like, ah, you know what, I'll get to this later, you know, like, Oh, so-and-so will run uh, be 90 minutes and run into extra time for so-and-so like, who's coming in, you know, at four thirty when, you know, their appointments at four, you know, like you want to make sure that these things are, you know, uh, they're hammered in and you want to have the same patient intake each time. And you want to make sure all these things are in place. Um, and that's kind of what we're running to on the business side of things is like, how do we like automate these things? And we even spoke before we recorded the podcast about how, uh, awesome your email (laughs) template was, you know, that we, uh, uh, we got before we uh, yeah. signed in for the podcast and you know, those type of things, like they really go a long way. People see this and that's part of the customer experience. And, you know, we don't want people showing up for their appointment having to sit around, uh, wait for five minutes and not sure what they're there for. Are they doing paperwork? Are they not? Like, so all those things that go into business, it's really important that we, you know, that they're automated. And that's like what we've been mentoring a lot of people through uh, right now with the ATC solution is like, you know, find a system, uh, follow that system. And, you know, you want it, everything to be streamlined. Okay. There, uh, there's lots of awesome platforms out there. Like people can fill out, you know, basically their own soap note before they show up. And like, you can have them, uh, kind of had that process done. They come in, uh, maybe they've already read an email that tells them what to expect when they come in, uh, all those things. And that, as far as the business side goes, that's super important that a lot of times when people are getting started, they don't think about that. They just like uh, are texting patients. Hey, oh, I know I'll be five minutes late, you know, and I'll do this and I'll do that. And that's okay for the time being. But when you're expanding the business, it's really important that these things get streamlined. And we're kind of figuring that out now that uh, like our numbers and the volume of patients we're seeing is going up. We need to be a lot more you know, punctual and on time and have things kind of streamlined. Um, but I, I want to definitely touch on that because obviously what we're doing is definitely we understand consumers they care about their experience, you know, and we're we're providing that. And Jason and I like we've definitely like figured out how to provide that. But when you're getting into business and things like that, like there are definitely things in place. That, yeah, like, I think I think to. you hit a very very important uh, thought, for lack of a better word. A, I mean, you didn't say it like this, but a confused customer is not a very, or a patient, is not a very good patient or customer. Usually they're coming in and they're already confused about the process and how everything's going to go. They're either already apprehensive of what the experience is going to be, or they're scared because they're not really sure if you're the right fit. But if, you know, having these emails are automated or having these systems put in place so that they understand more of the process even before and throughout the the experience, again, business-wise, allows them kind of, again, like you mentioned, the podcast emails, which thanks to Shantae because she helped me with that. Um, uh, So, 
but it really helps. It really, and then as a business owner, as a clinic, because again, you're seeing six, seven, eight, you know, maybe 10 to 12 patients in one day. The last thing you have time for is to, you know, be sending these emails. But if you have things kind of put in place, so it makes your life easier. So then if we go back to patient experience, you're able to spend time now because as an entrepreneur, as a clinic owner, you not you do not have one hat. You have like 60 hats. You are the accountant. You are the bookkeeper. You are the uh, custodian. You are the uh, inventory person. You are the clinician. Obviously, you are you are the you are the go-to. Well, for you guys, you split it. But either way, multiple hats being worn. So the easier that you can make it, and we're talking about automated systems. But even when it comes to having systems in place, when uh, like you mentioned, a practitioner comes in and you already know you have certain things that have to be done a certain way. And then they're adding in their little influence, but it, it, it provides consistency. I think it's my, the word that I was looking for. And, you know, absolutely. Consistency is definitely what we try and strive for. With and our I mean, business, growth, sure. I mean, everybody wants to grow. What you're no, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You gotta, you gotta spend money to then make money, right? Um, I know that that's a phrase mm-hmm. that gets thrown around all the time. Um, but we can't reiterate the fact that when you spend money for quality products, you get quality back. We made lots of mistakes along the way of trying to just go Just trying through, to get by. <laughs> yeah, just trying to get by on mm-hmm. a couple bucks here and there. Um, but, I mean, they charge the big bucks for a reason because of the fact that it makes things so much mm-hmm. easier on the person or the clinician or the business owner um, and anything that you can just take off your plate. Cause like you were saying, we wear a lot of hats, anything that you can take off your plate, spend a little money for that in the big picture, grand scheme of things doesn't really mean anything. Um, it's, it's so, so, so relieving to just take something small off, like an automated email. Yeah, absolutely. Schedule. Um, we talked about streamlining growth, and, and again, uh, even if you're trying to add another practitioner, and having that um, structure in place, whether it's how to do an eval or how to send programs out to patients, or if it's how to set up a workshop or a marketing event, like having those already and things again, systems uh, for the listeners listening that aren't really aware of how do I create a system or how do I do that? A system is created when you are doing the same thing over and over again for example uh when somebody does an intake form you're gonna send them or when they uh sorry when they schedule an appointment whether you schedule it or they do it through their your booking app or booking site or whatever you are gonna send them an intake form right that should be automated if you send them of what to expect email that's something you're gonna do with every patient so that's something that should be automated in a sense, like it should be like a template and you're probably changing certain things and boom, you shouldn't be typing or you shouldn't be creating these things every time. I mean, you could, I did. I know. I, did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, know. Well, I mean, you're Jeez. preaching to the choir. Like we, we found ourselves like uh, we would have different, uh, you know, uh, techniques that we would use or different ways that we would, uh, send out home exercise programs and things like that. And, you know, if you wanted to, you know, as much as we've kind of talked about, we want to get away from what the clinic setting is, you definitely want it to be streamlined like that. You want evaluations to look similar. You want, um, you know, things from the back end and the front end to look similar, but then the experience to be very Um, unique. Yes. I'm sorry. I was thinking about my next question. Um, I mean, I preach a lot about this mentorship, guidance, um, reaching out, like how important, not only as a business, but as a clinician, how important is it to reach out? How important is it to um, ask for help, to ask for guidance? Uh, I don't think we can put an importance on it. It is the most important thing that you can do. Uh, Find someone that will help you grow as a clinician, as a business owner, as anything and everything that you're doing. Um, Especially when it comes to athletic trainers, we have a very, very hard time approaching physicians for um, our our practice actor, um, our... 
standing order, excuse me. Uh, we have a very hard time approaching them for the standing order. Um, we put them on a pedestal and they hang very high when in reality, if we can just be ourselves, we need to approach them confidently, concisely, talk to them. And that's things that you learn from a mentor. Um, you learn how to talk to people. You understand that we are a niche market. We have skills. We need to be able to vocalize our skills. And that's not something that comes when you're just practicing on your own and you're left alone. That's something when you're talking with others, you're growing with others, you get into a mastermind group or you reach out to people on the internet that you are not comfortable reaching out on. Because it's always the person that's outside of your comfort zone that will help you grow the most. And I know that's talked about over and over again, but get outside of your comfort zone, reach out to people, talk to them, because it is as simple as being a human, talking to the physician like they're your friend rather than they're just a, a doctor. And you can make these connections so, so much easier than they have been made out to be. Over and over and over again, we get asked like, hey, how do I reach out to a physician? How do I do this? And every time we recreate this scenario over and over again, like, hey, you just need to be confident in what you're saying. Understand that your educational competencies are what they are. A, a physician doesn't know how to rehab someone. They don't know a lot of things that we think they do because we hold them on this pedestal. We need to, we just need to be confident in, in ourselves as athletic trainers, which is very frustrating. So to, to summarize, like the whole mentorship, finding someone that you can look up to, talk to, bounce ideas off of, that is one of the greatest relationships that you can develop in life that um, will produce success, whatever success looks like for you. Yeah, and I, I just want to say one thing too, um, because I was this person. Uh, if you're a practitioner and you're just scrolling along through Instagram and you have all these questions and all these things and you feel like, you know, you're by, you're alone and you don't have anyone to answer questions for you, reach out to somebody like, you know, there, I, I, I took the leap finally when I, you know, I started an Instagram and I was like, you know, reaching out to other practitioners. That's, that's how I was able to find you know, quality mentors and learn things and get my questions asked or answered, excuse me. And I know they're out there and I know they're listening. If you have an Instagram or you're scrolling along and you're not, uh, and you have questions, like ask, ask people. I know if you stumble upon my Instagram and you have a question, like I will answer um, 100%. And, you know, I want people to know out there on the Instagram world that, you know, there are practitioners out there that want to help you and they want to uh, see you do better and they are, are there for you. And, you know, if for us, you know, we learned a lot through communicating with people on Instagram and, you know, how to speak with, with physicians, like Jace was saying, and how to communicate what our competencies were. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if it wasn't for Instagram. Like I, I don't even know where we'd be right now. So you really take advantage of, you know, take advantage of, uh, the people in your network and talk to them and communicate and, you know, mentorship. I mean, I cannot stress like, it enough. Um, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but people have gone through either what you're going through, what you want to go through or what you will go through. Um, both in the business aspect, I, I mean, I can't mention enough how much Jason and Sean have helped me, right? Even though, again, technically people are saying, oh, you already had a business when you reached out. Yes, but what you learn as a business owner is that you don't know, actually, I guess, as anything, you don't know everything. So to smooth things out, right, and to kind of phase, uh, phase up and to evolve the business, you have to learn. And sometimes, you know, you have to invest. And thankfully, I invested in, in Jason and Sean's uh, playbook and the ATC solution. And it really helped me out. And, you know, I created a relationship um, with them, which was awesome, which led to this awesome podcast that you guys are listening to. And I hope whether you're driving or walking your dog or on your bed or on your couch or just having a nice evening jog, I hope you are having a great time because God knows I am definitely enjoying this one. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, there are people that have gone that will go, go through or that have already gone through um, what you are possibly going through. So in business aspect, reach, reach out. I mean, 
us three, Jason, Sean, and myself, are always open to to answer questions, to helping you guys. Because again, it's not, and again, it doesn't matter what profession you're in. Obviously, AT Solution is more towards ATs, but any practitioner, right, trying to improve their patient experience, trying to improve their um, business or something. You know, we're, we've been we've been through it. Um, pros and cons, right? Trying to minimize the mistakes, right? I mean, not to say they're going to be perfect, but there's certain little corners that you can cut and then people like us and people that have gone through it, whether business or clinical skills, we can definitely help you out. I mean, one of the bi biggest reasons for me creating the course, uh, the holistic movement based practitioner course is because when I graduated massage therapy and even ATC, I was like, man, I wish I knew a little bit more. I wish, um, I guess now, I wish I knew all the skills I, I know now seven years ago. I'm like, man, imagine all the things I know now. Imagine what, I mean, I guess as a clinician, especially when we learn new things and we start to kind of make, really have these results with our patients, you start to think, man, I've treated so many people up to this point. What would it have been like if I was a little bit more uh, knowledgeable in this aspect, right? Whether it was manual therapy, or maybe movement pro programming, like we mentioned earlier in the po in the podcast. When you are when you're when you're done with school, you're not done with learning. You're just done with the formidable or formal version of your education. But your education actually truly starts afterwards. So, I mean, I can't I cannot express enough what the importance of getting a mentor, getting the guidance, especially in business, especially if you're a practitioner that may be a little frustrated, maybe, you know, wanting to, up, you know, level up and really amplify your own skill set, whether it's patient experience, whether it's movement programming, maybe you want to learn a little bit more of how to progress and regress on uh, functional movement uh, exercises, um, or maybe energy work and meditation, because, uh, you know, not it's not really a talked about uh, realm of clinical care, which is the stress management and how the mental side of patient care actually affects pain, affects um, outcomes. So yeah, reach out. I mean, there's plenty of people and it's not just the three of us that are looking to help, uh, that have resources available uh, for you guys to take advantage of. So um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add, Jason and Sean. <laughs> that was very well said. Um, very, very well yeah, said. man, this has been nothing. It has. It, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. I was trying to couple with something very philosophical and very deep meaning, but um, it's just been awesome. Like I really appreciate you guys coming on and giving me your time to jump on and really drop some value and really give the listeners. Um, again, we have listeners from strength coaches to athletic trainers, massage therapists patients we have people that just want to listen more to health and fitness uh business owners non-business owners people that are looking to own a clinic which believe it or not four years ago uh definitely five years ago people weren't even thinking especially as an atc or pt uh to even open it up their own clinic so to have that option to have resources um like the at solution is you guys are lucky. So if, if that's really something that you are really interested, I cannot vouch for these guys enough. Um, and they're really humble because, again, as you mentioned, there's certain things that they might not know, but they'll learn from you and pivot and evolve and really give you the network or the resources for you know to be able to help you. I know, like I said, I know Jason and Sean definitely helped me along the way. Um, yeah, so thank you, Jason and Sean. You know, we thank, thank, thank you, you for having us on here. We appreciate yeah. you, this everything that you do. Um, it's been one, a pleasure to work with you. Two, a pleasure to be on this podcast. And uh, sorry for our rambling along the way. I'm sure some <laughs> people were just like, get to the point. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's been fun. And thank you so much. Can, couldn't say that enough like, for everything that you do. One, for the profession. Two, for the course that you're putting out there. People are going to love your course. Um, for the listeners that are questioning that, I will say Andy's going to kill that course. It's going to be a great experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm already part of it. this Facebook group and I love it. And I, I just want to say bef uh, before we kind of finish things up that everything Andy said is true. You know, if, if you're ready to take the leap and you're ready and you have this thought in the back of your head, this is what I want to do. Like you just, just do it. And uh, you know, it's, it's fun. 
it's exciting. There's ups, there's downs, but it's very, very rewarding. And yeah, I mean, just, I just want to make sure people are, are people who are listening, just do it. Take the jump. The parachute yeah. will be there. It doesn't have to be cool. us. It doesn't have to be us, but somebody <laughs> will be there if you reach out. Absolutely. And that's the reach beauty out, of it. Ask questions. Uh, there's so many people out there that are willing to help. Absolutely. So many people. And it's crazy. It's like they come out of the bushes, right? It's like, it's, the funny thing is if you look for help, it's there. If you try to be this, um, I don't know what the word is, but this, uh, I guess, ego-driven person that says, I don't want help. I can do this by myself. BS, calling it right now. You are doing yourself a disservice. Whether, again, even if you have to invest money. And sometimes um, just asking a question, maybe no, you necessarily don't have to pay for anything, right? But just asking the question and making the intent or the uh the opportunity to ask that question, um, but obviously, obviously know that to be able to make bigger moves, there's going to be financial commitment involved. But um, yeah, take the leap. I mean, with that being said, to the listeners, to our patients, to our future patients, to our future listeners, to um, clients or people that we get to work with, um, to the profession, to the universe. Thank you. <laughs> like again, like. Uh, there has been pioneers before us. There has been clinicians, business owners before us um, that have paved the way uh, for us to get to this point. Um, and first of all, thank you to them. And thank you to those that will continue to help us. Uh, thank you um, to our patients and to the people that value what we are presenting. Because as Gary Vee says, the market is always correct. The market is always right. If there is no market, there is no uh, roots. There is no Myronu. There is no ATC solution. There is no uh, holistic movement-based practitioner course or mentorship. There really isn't. But there is. And there are opportunities and there are resources. So thank you uh, to those that allow us to do what we love to do and do not see us ourselves doing anything else but what we do. Even excuse me, even if it's at 3 a.m. or at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on a podcast or uh, it is <laughs> 1.22 p.m. Uh, mountain time. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, like, again, this is what puts the fire and the love into what we do. So um, thank you to everyone. A big thank you. Andy, and once again, thank you for thank what you, you sir. do. No problem. You're, you're amazing. Keep you're killing pushing it. forward. You're killing the we're, game. Man. We're all doing our part. We're all a work in progress. Um, so, with that being said, um, thank you for another episode, and thank you for listening to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, signing out. Hold up.